0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of Medicos FM. Today's topic is acute pericarditis. Acute pericarditis is defined as an acute inflammation of the pericardium. Pericarditis can be classified based on duration or the nature of inflammation. Based on duration, pericarditis can be acute pericarditis where the duration is less than 6 weeks. It can be sub-acute pericarditis where the duration is 6 weeks to 6 months. And it can be chronic pericarditis where the duration is greater than 6 months. Now depending on the nature of inflammation, pericarditis may be a fibrinous pericarditis or serous pericarditis or it can be hemorrhagic pericarditis or purulent pericarditis. Now, what are the factors that are responsible for the development of pericarditis? Pericarditis can be idiopathic or it may result from some infections. Common infections resulting in pericarditis are viral infections like Cogsucky A and B, HIV Biogenic infections like pneumococcus, staphylococcus, etc. Fungal infections like histoplasmosis, candida, syphilis, parasitic infections as well. But the most important infectious etiology of pericarditis in India is tuberculosis or tuberculous pericarditis. So these are some infectious etiologies of pericarditis pericarditis can be due to non-infective causes as well like it can be due to renal failure or some neoplasias which can be due to penetrating trauma to the chest wall or non-penetrating trauma as well aortic dissection post radiation also can lead to pericarditis Autoimmune reaction following heart surgery and myocardial infarction that is also called Dressler syndrome is also associated with pericarditis. Drug reactions of procainamide, Hydralazine can also result in pericarditis. Enough of pericarditis, now coming to the clinical features. The classical clinical features of pericarditis is pericardial pain. Pericarditis is inflammation of the pericardium. So this pericardial inflammation produces a characteristic pericardial pain. The pain of acute pericarditis is often severe, retrosternal and or left precordial and it is referred to the neck, arms or left shoulder. But frequently the pain is pleuritic and consequent to accompanying pleural inflammation that is sharp and aggravated by inspiration and coughing. But sometimes it is steady and radiates to the trapezius ridge or into either arm. Thus it resembles the pain of myocardial ischemia. Therefore, confusion with acute myocardial infarction is very much common. Characteristically, pericardial pain is aggravated by lying supine and it is relieved by sitting up and leaning forward. Pain can also be absent in some cases of pericarditis where it develops slowly like in tuberculosis, post-radiation or in some cases of neoplasia. There can be some non-specific symptoms like low-grade fever and malaise. If the pericarditis is associated with large pericardial effusion It can compress the adjacent bronchi and lung, producing shortness of breath or dyspnea. It is called Ewart's sign. Another characteristic auscultatory finding in acute pericarditis is pericardial friction rub. Pericardial friction rub is a high-pitched superficial scratching or crunching sound and it is produced by movement of the inflamed pericardium. The presence of pericardial friction rub is diagnostic of pericarditis. Now how should we auscultate to hear pericardial friction rub. Pericardial friction rub is best heard by applying firm pressure with the diaphragm of stethoscope at the lower left sternal edge at the end of expiration with the patient sitting upright and leaning forward. Let me repeat myself. Pericardial friction rub is best heard by applying firm pressure of the diaphragm of stethoscope where at the left lower sternal edge and at the end of expiration. The position of the patient should be sitting upright with leaning forward. It has a to and fro leathery quality. The pericardial friction rub has three components per particle. These three phases are in atrial systole, ventricular systole, and ventricular diastole. The phases are rasping sound, scratching sound, or grating sound. Coming to the other features, it can be associated with pulsus paradoxus that is weakness or disappearance of arterial pulse during inspiration. It can be associated with cardiac tymponade, which is characterized by accumulation of pericardial fluid under tension. It can also be associated with constrictive pericarditis as well. Now coming to the investigations to diagnose acute pericarditis. Blood picture shows leukocytosis in bacterial pericarditis and lymphocytosis in viral pericarditis and raised ESR. Cardiac enzymes like CPKMB, troponin T, these are normal usually but these enzymes like creatine kinase MB that is CPK-MB or troponin can be elevated if there is concomitant involvement of the epicardium in the inflammatory process that is an epimyocarditis. And that results in myocyte necrosis, leading to the elevations of these cardiac enzymes. The elevation of these enzymes makes it difficult to differentiate acute pericarditis from myocardial ischemia or acute myocardial infarction. However, the elevations of cardiac enzymes like CPKMB or troponin T if seen in acute pericarditis are modest. But in AMI, these levels are hugely elevated. ECG is diagnostic and changes are found over a diffused area. The findings of ECG in pericarditis evolves over four stages. In stage one, there is a widespread elevation of the ST segment with upward concavity. So the ST segment elevation in pericarditis is concave upwards, whereas in acute myocardial infarction, the ST segment elevation is convex upward. This helps in differentiating AMI from pericarditis. The ST segment elevation concave upward is seen in various leads, particularly in leads 1, 2, AVF, AVL, V1, to V3. It is associated with a reciprocal ST segment depression in lead AVR. There is depression of the PR segment below the TP segment reflecting atrial involvement. PR segment depression is seen in pericarditis but not in acute myocardial infarction. So this also helps to differentiate pericarditis from AMI. Now after several days the ST segments return to normal that is stage 2. Only then or even later the T waves become inverted. That is stage 3. So in stage 1, ST segment elevation is seen. Stage 2, ST segment normalizes. And in stage 3, the T wave inversion occurs. So it is clear that T wave inversion and ST segment elevation do not coexist in case of pericarditis. But in acute myocardial infarction, both ST segment elevation and T wave inversion coexist. Weeks or months after the onset of acute pericarditis, the ECG returns to normal, that is, stage 4. The QRS complexes are usually normal in acute pericarditis unless the acute pericarditis is associated with a large pericardial effusion. Which can lead to electrical alternance. Electrical alternance is characterized by alteration of QRS amplitude or axis between beats. As the heart is floating with a to and fro motion within the fluid field pericardium due to pericardial effusion. But if the acute pericarditis is not associated with effusion, this electrical alternance is not seen. From the above discussion of ECG findings, we can clearly say that acute pericarditis can be differentiated from acute ST elevation MI that is TEMI using the ECG findings to revise In acute pericarditis, the shape of ST segment elevation will be concave upward. In STEMI, it will be convex upward. There will be reciprocal ST segment changes in STEMI, not in acute pericarditis. The location of ST segment changes will be specific depending on the coronary artery involvement in acute ST segment elevation mi but in acute pericarditis the changes will be diffuse q waves that represents myocardial cell death will be present in stemi but not in acute pericarditis characteristic depression of the pr segment is present in acute pericarditis but not in myocardial infarction And last but not the least concomitant presence of ST segment elevation and T wave inversion is present in STEMI. These two will not coexist in acute pericarditis. Regarding other investigations of acute pericarditis on X-ray, the heart may be normal in pericarditis without effusion. But if it is associated with pericardial effusion, it can give rise to a characteristic money bag appearance or water bottle appearance. Echocardiography is used for confirmation of pericardial effusion. CT scan and cardiac MRI can be useful when there is thickening or inflammation of the pericardium and myocardium. If acute pericarditis is associated with pericardial effusion, diagnostic pericardiosynthesis can be performed. Okay, now coming to the last part that is treatment of acute pericarditis. First, treatment of the underlying cause like tuberculosis or autoimmune disease like SLE, uremia should be treated. Bed rest and avoid physical activity. The main drug to treat acute pericarditis is analgesics. The pain is usually relieved by oral NSAIDs, that is, high dose aspirin, endomethacin, or ibuprofen. It also decreases the inflammation in idiopathic or viral pericarditis. Colchicin is a drug which enhances the effect of NSAIDs like aspirin, so, it is used in combination with NSAIDs. Corticosteroids should be reserved for patients who develop pericarditis due to an immune cause or patients who do not respond to NSAIDs. The use of corticosteroids is associated with an increased rate of recurrence of pericarditis. So it should be reserved for those patients only and should not be used routinely. In case of purulent pericarditis, antimicrobial therapy, pericardiosynthesis is done. Surgical drainage can also be done if required. So that concludes our today's topic of Acute Pericarditis. If you like the video, please like and share and don't forget to subscribe our channel for further episodes of Medicos FM.